Hey, I'm Chauncey Jenkins, and you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Fresh off a three-game series in Hawaii, we've got Coach Kieran Donahue in the podcast studio. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be back with you. All right, Coach. So, obviously, you are now the interim head coach due to Jeff's health. Uh, We want to send our best to Coach Jones as he is recovering. We miss him, and I know all of ODU fans want to just send their best to him. Yeah, thank you. There's there's no question about it. Uh, The good news is that, that Jeff is back in Norfolk. He is recovering. He's on the road to recovery um, after suffering a heart attack uh, the day before our first game in the tournament. Um, so it was an unfortunate situation, um, but I think he's on the path uh, to recovery and he's home. He's back in Norfolk. He's been able to, to travel back, which is great. Uh, he's, he's back resting and, and he's with his family. And yeah, he's on, he's on the road to recovery. All right, Coach. So the uh, $64,000 question that everybody has at the moment is, is there any timetable or time frame for Coach's return? Uh, at this moment in time, I, I, I'm not, no, I, I don't think so yet. I think that's still to be determined. I think there's a lot of factors there. Jeff just returned yesterday uh, from Hawaii. The team just returned yesterday. Obviously, it's a it's a long trip. Um, I think I counted our trip from the, the when we walked out of the hotel and got on the bus in Hawaii to when I walked into uh, my house at 17 hours, give or take. Um, you know, so it, it's a long trip. Then you factor in the holidays. Um, you factor in, you know, Jeff, you know, he was treated and treated by all accounts uh, extremely well uh, by folks at the Straub Medical Center in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, but he had, you know, he, he has a, he needs to get with his medical team here in Norfolk um, and assess what the, the future is from there. And then obviously from there, obviously work with Dr. Seelig and, and the, the folks here in the athletic department. And I imagine they'll, they'll figure that out in time. But <clears throat> I think Excuse me. I think the fact that we're literally 20, 26 hours from returning to, to Norfolk, I just don't think there's been time yet um, to piece everything together and have all the conversations that need to have and do all the assessments that need to have and, and potentially even all the testing that needs to happen. I, you know, I'm, I'm a dumb basketball coach, so I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. Uh, but I just think we're, we're going to need more time before we could establish um, any type of timeline for his return. All right. So after the weekend, how was it being in that spot as a leader of the team this weekend for you and not having Jeff next to you? It had to be kind of weird. Uh, yeah, weird's one word. I mean, part of it was part of it was weird. Part of it was exhilarating. Uh, part of it was exciting. Part of it was challenging. Um, part of it was tiring. Uh, it, it was a lot of emotions over the course of five days. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I thought our players handled it really, really well. I thought our staff handled it outstandingly. Um, I will say that I got a tremendous amount of support um, from our, our our staff. And that's from everyone, you know, the people that are the assistant coaches to uh, Chris Talagani, who's on our staff as the director of social creative content, um, to Tim Saha and Jason Mitchell, our strength coach and our athletic trainer, to our student managers, to our players. I mean, everyone. Dr. Seelig was on the trip with us, um, and he was invaluable. So I, I felt very much supported. Um, I also thought that our players 
uh, did a great job of being willing to, to, to coach. I mean, it was a tough situation for them, and they, they handled it very well. It was a shock to all of us. It was unfortunate, but, but they responded appropriately. They acted maturely, and so that made it easier. Um, but no, there's no question. It was uh, it was a different experience going through the game. You know, I, I'm sure you've you've talked to other other people, and you know there's an old adage in coaching, <clears throat> you know that it's one seat over but a world away. Um, and I now you know I, I've had the I've had one game. I coached one game at American University. Uh, I can't remember. It was 2004, 2005, something like that. It was a preseason exhibition game, and Jeff was sick with the flu, and and a few hours before the game just was unable to coach. And so I coached one full game at American University, but we had a very good team uh, and we beat a, a very good Division Three team, Catholic U. But you know, so I, I coached one game and my only real remember, memory of that game was talking to our two captains um, before the game and letting them know that Jeff wasn't there. And, and what they said to me, I will remember forever um, in a positive way. Um, and then we went out and we played very, very well. Well, um, but I do remember I didn't call a single timeout and, uh, and, and, um, it, but we also didn't need to. So this week, uh, yeah, it was one, one seat over. There's just a lot of information to process. Uh, it comes at you very fast. Uh, it, it can be exhilarating, but it's, it's a different challenge for sure. As, you know, as another old adage, right. In coaching is that as an assistant coach, you get to make suggestions. Uh, and as a head coach, you have to make decisions. And those are two very different processes. That's a great, that's a great segue to where I was going next coaches. So obviously you've got a super long history with Jeff. Jamal's got a long history having, you know, played for Jeff at UVA. Covey's been on the bench for a long time. Drew played for him here at Old Dominion has now been on the staff. Talk to us a little bit about kind of that adjustment of doing everything to support Jeff and, and, and the roles that you guys have to all of a sudden now leading the team. You know, obviously you want to you want to honor him and everything that you guys have worked on, but you're the acting head coach. So it's your ship right now is going kind of in my Navy terms as you've got the con going into that tournament. What popped into your mind? OK, now now it's me. And where did you go from there? Well, the first thing I did was with our staff, the first thing I did was let them know that, hey, we're all in this together. Everyone's job remains the same. We, we have to, we have to work together. We have to do the best that we can <clears throat> in whatever, whatever role you're normally doing, uh, do that and do that to the best of your ability like you normally would. Um, and that, you know, this is not a me thing. This is a we thing. We are now coaching this team together. Oh, and Jeff has a tremendous amount of experience as a head coach, right? This is, I believe what, 32, let's see, eight, and 13 and 11, I'm bad at math. I think that's 32, right? Jeff's been a head coach for 32 years. Uh, some of the guys on our staff haven't even been alive for 32 years. Um, and so Jeff got, you know, Jeff had a tremendous amount of experience and, and I obviously don't have that experience. I have uh, a lot of years as an assistant coach and so does Chris and so does Jamal and, and Jordan and, and, you know, Drew have a little bit less, but, but we're in this together and, and they needed to make suggestions and, and be the best assistant coaches that they can be. And that I will do my best to make the best decisions I can, um, but that I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to trust my instinct. I hope and I welcome suggestions. And and I told them, I said, listen, guys, this is a new role for me. You know, I, I've coached one game. I coached a half of a game a few weeks ago at Northeastern. Um, uh, you know, and so I'm going to, you know, 
I may make some mistakes. If you think I made a mistake, you better grab me and tell me, hey, man, are you sure you want to be doing that? Or like, that's okay. We'll, we'll work at it. But we're doing this together. We're, you know, the good news is we, we have, a, I think, a really, really good uh, level of chemistry and camaraderie within our staff. We like each other a lot. I think we work well together. We have fun together. Um, so that makes it a lot easier. Um, our, our whole staff's goal, we, we just tried to focus on keeping our guys positive, keeping our guys focused, bringing great, great energy, and, and adjusting uh, over the course of the game as best we could. Um, and some things we did, I think, worked pretty well. Some things we did, you know, in retrospect, maybe we would make a different decision. Um, but we're all going to learn and grow from this process, um, and, uh, and we're going to do it together. All right. So we've talked to Jeff about this before. So Ken Palm has this as the 67th toughest non-conference schedule in the country to this point in the season. Very challenging schedule for a young team. I think ESPN showed we were like 309th in experience for this season, uh, making it one of the youngest teams in America. And you play TCU, which is one of the oldest teams in America and a very long team in America, playing against one of the shortest teams in America. What was that experience like for our guys, and what can you take out of a game like that where uh, you're playing a very veteran, big team, kind of the opposite of what you guys are right now? Well, I think that's all very accurate. Um, we have had a challenging schedule. You know, we've gone on the road and played road games, which are always challenging. You know, we've played, obviously, some good teams in this non-conference, and we've had some very good teams that we played here at home. Um, and we are young, uh, and I think that's right. I think I've seen stats similar that, you know, in terms of experience or age, that we're fairly young. We're starting two freshmen. Um, and TCU, you know, not only are they very old, um, they also, I believe, lead the country in returning points scored uh, last year. If you add up all the points scored, you know, obviously Mustafa, who's their third string center, uh, I believe was an all-league player in the Sun Belt. He's, he's playing 12 to 15 minutes a game as the third option. Um and and others, Jameer Nelson from Delaware and what? Yeah, you know, it was a challenge, and they are. They're long and they're athletic. They, they were big, and and we're not super big, <laughs> and and they were aggressive. Uh, so it was it was a challenge. But I, I think you know your point, you know, is was one thing that we've tried to work talk to with our um, you know coming off of the JMU loss. You know, we had a gap, which there usually is around finals week, and then we had a little bit longer of a gap this year. Um, because we knew we were going to Hawaii and we, uh, we did not want to add another road game, um, right before going to Hawaii. Um, and we were not able to add a home game. Um, the arena is not available at graduations that, that, that added up to be a little bit of a longer layoff between games than normally or traditionally we would have, or, or maybe even really ideally want to have. Um, but that was one of the points that, you know, or, or one of the points. Um, and we took a lot of that time to, to address, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking. We took a lot of that time to, uh, to address with our players, um, trying to get better in specific areas, trying to get better in certain things defensively, trying to get better, maybe a little more efficient offensively. Um, and try to put ourselves in position to um, attack <clears throat> more efficiently. Um, <clears throat> um, but one of the points we tried to make to our guys uh, repeatedly, you know, this is a long season, okay? And so as the non-conference schedule was winding down, uh, sitting at three and six uh, at the time was not where we wanted to be. It's not where we hoped to be. It's not where we envisioned being. But it also wasn't time to panic. And it, and 
it was time for us to realize like, okay, we, we have this 10 days to practice and then we have this trip to Hawaii. So let, we need to focus on getting better. What can, what have we learned? What can we learn? What can we take away from, you know, what we've, the games we've played already, the nine games or whatever. And when, what can we focus on moving forward? Um, because you look at the Sun Belt, you know, there's a lot of very winnable games, hopefully in, in that league. And, and we are, we're young and youth needs experience. And in, in college basketball, experience matters. And so we have to go through some learning processes uh, and we have to go through some tough lessons. Um, no one likes that. It's not fun. Ideally, we wouldn't have to, but it's not the end of the world. Um, we just have to make sure that we learn from those lessons. Um, and so I, I thought we had a very good 10 days of preparation leading up to the trail, you know, in TCU game while, you know, there were some things that we did very, you know, we, we scored the ball, you know, we scored the ball very well. Now we gave up a ton of points. Um, you know, we didn't rebound great and, and some other things. And, and we were a little overmatched physically at times. Um, and, and collectively over a 40-minute game, we, we were. And, and that's why, how they were able to pull away. But but we, we played a really, really good half of basketball against TCU. And then, you know, they ratcheted, took it up to another level. And, and we just, we weren't able to match them at that next level, that next gear. Um, okay, but, but we handled that well. And then we turned around, and the next day we we played uh, Temple, you know, which to me on paper looked like a somewhat too comparable team in a in a game where we went out and I, I you know we played really really well. Um, I thought we were really active and together on defense. You know, the the offense had enough flow to it. We scored the ball relatively well. You know, it, it wasn't by no means a, a cakewalk, but I thought we played really well and we stayed together and, and it was fun to watch. I know it was fun to coach, but what, the point I tried to stress to the players after the game was, and in, in timeouts, like we were doing the right things. We were playing the right way. Um, and so that was fun to be a part of. That was fun to watch. You know, it felt the right way, um, you know, and then we, you know, we came back against UMass and, and we battled early uh, and then it got a little bit away from us there late in the first half. And then ultimately in the second half, it, it, it got out of strength. We, we, we didn't handle that. We didn't handle that adversity in that game as well as we needed to. You know, I, I also think we ran out of gas a little bit, right? I mean, you look at UMass and that's an older team than us. Um, and another team that was probably physically superior to us and, and more veteran and more experienced, you know, and, and we ran, I guess it had been a long week. It had been an emotional week. It had been a, a tough week, you know? And so, uh, I wish the results were different. Um, but they are what they are. And, and our challenge now and our focus now, as we, you know, shift into moving in, what, what can we take away from those three games? You know, there's a lot of positives. There are a ton of positives that we can take away. And we gotta we gotta focus on those. We gotta learn from the mistakes. You know, that's it. Again, it's right. It's like raising children, right? You gotta teach them. They gotta learn. You know what? Sometimes, you know, the best way for everyone to learn is by making mistakes. Um, it's not what we'd like to have happen, but it, it it's part of it sometimes. And so we have to learn from our mistakes, um, and we have to grow and continue to grow. You know, individually and collectively as a team. Uh, and then just get ready and get excited about, you know, the next game, South Alabama. And it's the start of a new season in some respects, right? Everyone's zero, zero, right? And, and we, you know, a bunch of winnable games coming up. Um, and how are we going to approach those? And, you know, or with our effort and our attitude and our energy and our focus. And if we do those things, then we can put ourselves in position to be successful. All right, Coach. Before we jump ahead to South Alabama, let's take a step back. So speaking of growth, one one guy that we're seeing grow in front of our eyes is Vishon. I mean, it's clear over the last few weeks that, it, at least on the offensive end, he certainly is showing that. We know we've talked with Jeff about you know being able to grow 
defensively. But over and over, Jeff continues to talk to us about that Chauncey is clearly the best player on this team. And the teams that we're playing, they know that. And so he's the focus. He's got multiple eyes on him all the time. And in this first game against TCU, I think that was clear that Chauncey was the guy that they wanted to stop um, and really make it difficult for him. Now, Vashon went off, especially in that first half. How, how much of it is Chauncey getting multiple defenders and multiple eyes on him that that's happening to him? And what can what can you do as an offense to get the other guys involved to kind of get Chauncey where he doesn't have to do as much and let the game come to him? Yeah, that's part of the $64,000 question right now um, for us to figure out and something that we've been trying to figure out for a few weeks and, you know, making some headway there and we've got to continue to make sense. But you're right. Your point is valid, right? Like uh, he's at the top of the scouting report and he's earned that. Um, but <laughs> that doesn't mean it's easy, right? And, and, and so TCU was definitely guarding him, you know, very aggressively and, and putting bodies in front of, you know, I think with Chauncey, you, we just got to keep getting him to understand that that it may not be the plays um, that he makes for himself that leads to success, but it may be sometimes the plays he makes for, for other people. I mean, there was a great play that he made, you know, late against um, the Temple, you know, where he drew a lot of attention and kicked out to someone. Maybe it was RJ, I apologize, on the right wing, uh, who banged a big three, which sort of, I don't know if it sealed the deal, right, but felt like a dagger um, in a good way for us. You know, you saw Chauncey knew, like he knew that that was the right play. Um, you know, I think what we got to do is everyone's got to do well. So for Sean, very, very talented, right? He scores the ball. That's what he does. And and so the more he can be consistent in scoring and making good decisions, um, that that puts different and more pressure on the visiting t- on the on the opposing team. Excuse me. Um, you know, when RJ and Ty and, and Bryce and you know make shots, and when Emo makes good plays, whether that's to score or get someone else the ball, you know that opens up more room for Chauncey, and then it opens up more room for Rashawn. It opens up more room for you know it's it's a collective thing where. You know, we, we just got to get Chauncey to to continue, you know, to, to trust. We got to move the ball, right? I, I think when teams and we, when the ball doesn't move, it's easy for them to, to lock in. And so we got to move the defense. We got to, that means body movement and that means ball movement. And so we just got to keep kicking body movement and ball movement. And, you know, and when we as coaches got to find ways to put him and, and, and Vashon and others in, in good situations where they can attack and try to create an advantage for them too. But but that's you know that it's 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 hard, right? Being the, being a marked man is hard. Like everyone thinks it's it's a lot of fun to be the the guy, and I'm sure it is. Um, but it's also hard, and you're a marked man, and you require you know you you draw a lot of attention, and and that's where Chauncey's at, and Vashon is is getting there, and certainly will be soon, and um, and that's okay, right? They're they're that's okay as long as we make good decisions with the ball, we don't force it, we share it with other guys, and. And then other guys are going to have to step up and make some shots and, and put the ball in the basket. You know, we're starting to see more of. So, you know, it's a process. And we just got to keep keep getting better at it every day. As Aaron noted, obviously, Bichon had an explosive weekend offensively. But there was two guys that kind of jumped out to me this weekend other than Bichon. And they were R.J. Blakeney and Jason Wade. Jason was just active whenever he was in there, getting steals, making good passes, getting rebounds. And R.J., he kind of has – at times he's in the offense and he's involved, and other times he's not. But this weekend he was consistently involved in the offense and making plays. 
and it seemed like a, a nice jump for his comfort level in this new offense for him. Um, what are your thoughts on those two? I, I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone that's listening to this anything they don't already know, but, you know, gosh, who, who, if you don't love watching Jason Wade play basketball, there's something wrong with you because he, he just is a – uh, he's just a competitor. He's just a really, really good basketball player, right? And I don't care if he's not tall enough or not fast enough or doesn't shoot it well enough or blah, 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 blah. That dude is a player. I don't, you know, I don't care what position he is. He's a player. He he competes at a high, high level. He has a great feel, you know, a, a great knowledge, all the right things. Um, you know, it's really, really, uh, for for those of us, like a lot of your listeners, you know, who've watched ODU basketball for years. I mean, it's just so, so fabulous and heartwarming and encouraging and uh, just awesome to see him, you know, playing as well as he's playing, as well as we know, you know, that he once was able to and that, you know, nowhere he's, that he's, he's back to being really able to impact the game. And he does that with all the intangibles, right? And just a great feel and a great IQ and unselfishness, um, you know, and it shows up in different ways. It shows up in him, uh, you know, like distributing the ball, from the middle of the zone, right, and getting other guys' shots. It shows up in him getting a bunch of steals, uh, you know, when he was physically overmatched you know, against UMass with Josh Cohen, who's a very, very good player also. <clears throat> you know, he finds a way to impact the game. So, uh, you know, and that, you know, I'd be lying to you if, if I thought that uh, – I didn't know. I didn't know if I would ever see Jason Wade be able to play as many minutes as – you know, I, I hope I didn't overtax him, you know, this weekend because I, I know I played him a lot of minutes – um, or we played him, you know, but I, ultimately those are my decisions. I, I know I, I, I played him a long time. You know, I just have a, I, I have a lot of trust in Jason Wade and he knows that and our player and, and he just makes good things happen a lot more than he doesn't. Um, and that's, that's ultimately what we need out of everyone. So it, it was great to, to watch Jason play. Um, and then for with RJ, I agree with you. I know it's, it's probably not the start of the year. Um, the start of the year was probably not what, uh, we or he or any of us imagined for RJ. It's been uh, a slower start, um, and for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter, right? <clears throat> we're, we're, we are where we are, um, and he, he hadn't found a ton of rhythm. Um, and I think we started to see some rhythm out of him uh, this past weekend and, and, and productivity, um, and that's encouraging, right? I mean, the more we can get him going, right? And, and you know, like you, we saw against Temple, when, when everyone's playing at a fairly high level and we're all clicking and playing together at both ends of the court, offensively and defensively, you know, we can be a mighty dangerous team. And so RJ is going to be a big part of that. Um, they're all going to be a big part of that. Um, and, and that's what we sort of stress going into the, you know, there's lots of different ways for everyone to control. As coaches, our job is to coach the best as we can. The guys that are getting minutes on the court got to, got to play as, as hard as they can as, and as well as they can. And, and the guys that aren't playing have to find a way to contribute with energy and positivity and excitement. And the managers have to be the best managers they can be, right? You know, like we all just have to bring attitude, you know, the right attitude and the right energy and the right effort and the right focus and, and do it. You know, there's no question Jason Wade had a very, very good weekend. Um, and there's no question that we, you know, we, you know, we're starting to see from RJ, you know, at, at times the player that we think he can be and the player that we hope he can be, um, and if we can get a little more consistency uh, there, and if we can help him uh, find that consistency, that, that that will bode very well for our basketball team. All right. I, I've got to go back to Jason for just a second. Um, 
Jason had a career-high six steals and tied the tournament record against UMass. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and in, I think it was the Temple game. To go back to talk about some of the, the really nice passing that he had, there was one play, if I remember correct, he was probably maybe just above the free throw line with his back to the basket. I think I think that they were kind of lulled into that he had just become a facilitator in the passing, and he took that quick spin to his left for the layup. I hope to see more of that. You know, if guys can kind of fall asleep that he's not gonna he's not gonna shoot because that was a very decisive move and he got right to the rack pretty quickly. No, as a good friend of mine uh, who I met when we moved here to Norfolk, probably uh, you know probably the oldest friend I have here, the longest friend I have here in Norfolk, a good buddy of mine said. Uh, to me uh, the other day, uh, I think via text message, uh, or he said, hey, man, it was awesome to see Jason Wade doing Jason Wade things. And and that's right. And those of us that have the pleasure of seeing him, uh, we understand what that means. You know, and he, he does. He's a great facilitator, right? You know, Jeff, the, the term Jeff uses a lot is, um, <clears throat> you know, Sometimes you hear a lot of people talk about the glue, right? Oh, this guy's the glue. That guy's the glue. You know, Jeff has a term also. Is that guy's the oil. And, and Jason Wade's the oil. <clears throat> he makes things smoother. Uh, he makes everything, you know, just click a little bit, you know, and, and it just, it, you know, he, he's a willing passer. He's got a great feel. He knows, he knows where everyone is before he gets the ball, right? And he, and he knows where the ball should go. Um, and then he does. I think he lulls people to sleep because they think he's not going to try to score, and then he has a you know a knack for that, and then can can attack and, and score uh, from time to time. So, just a real real pleasure watching him play and watching him compete. <laughs> Excuse me, Jim Heath, our SID extraordinaire, said to me, you know, that he had tied his his record um, for six steals in a game, and and I kind of chuckled and I thought, eh, thought he would have had more than that somewhere along the line. You know what I mean? As a, as a Earlier in his career, I would have thought there was a game where he had had more of that. But six is a lot, you know, and, and he just impacts the game in so many ways. You know, we are a young team, right, to, to talk about what Mike was saying. And, and then you've got Jason Wade, who's at the other end of the spell, uh, you know, for a long time and has, has played a fair amount and obviously sort of now getting back into playing. Um, but there's wisdom there and there's experience there that comes um, or there's wisdom that comes with experience. Excuse me. He, he has a whole lot of that. He's got a ton of, you know, trying to get these younger guys to, to, to listen and to learn and to follow his example. You know, he's a huge asset to us on the court, um, and he's a, an even bigger asset to us probably behind the scenes. What's up, Monarch Nation? This is Aaron from The Monarchist. We'll have more about this on an upcoming episode, but as some of you may have seen, we signed on as partners with SANIL and the Pride of ODU Collective. We did this largely to keep the show free for fans and make it a self-sustaining project as it can get pricey to bring you this content. Even better, this allows fans another way to help the university. With every ad read we had, that means dollars for the collective. So just by listening or visiting our website, you are helping our student athletes. Another great perk of this partnership is our new relationship with Roback. Roback makes some of the most comfortable polos and pullovers on the market, and they look sharp. Right now, with code MONARCHS, our listeners can receive 20% off their order, and with each sale with that code, a commission will go to the pride of ODU. So you save money on great clothing while supporting our student-athletes. Just use code MONARCHS at checkout, get 20% off, and help ODU thrive. Thanks, 
and enjoy the rest of the show. So before Mike takes us away from here, you're just talking about you know young guys. Uh, Danny Pound, young guy. Danny didn't play quite as much this weekend, or I guess it was yeah, I guess it was the weekend. But we saw a couple quick flashes of stuff that we haven't really seen in games. One was very early in one of the games, the you know, turnaround jump shot that looked very smooth. I think a lot of us were watching at home and we're like, okay, uh, you know. And then uh, just another um, maybe about a I don't know, 16 to 18 foot jump shot from him. That looked very nice. Um, is that something that we might see more of down the line? Or was this more situational just because of where, you know, where things were in the shot clock? No, I, I think Danny's, uh, you know, he has a soft touch. He's got a nice, you know, I think that the challenge for Danny, like a lot of freshmen, um, and it's harder for front court players who don't have the ball in their hands as much, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, is figuring out, you know, when to go, when not to go. Um, and also the intensity with which you have, when you do go, the intensity with which you have to go. Um, you know, and there's a different shot you shoot in a game. There's a different level of explosiveness required. And whether it's a dunk around the basket and finishing um, <clears throat> or a 15 to 17 foot jump shot, um, Danny's development is going to be extremely important. You know, we were kind of shuttling him and Jay Wade in and out, and there was some foul trouble, uh, I believe. Uh, against TCU early, you know, we just went a, a couple different directions, you know, over the course of the, the next two games. I, you know, I, I, he competed, he battled, um, you know, he had his hands full, he had his hands full for sure, you know, in, in TCU. And then he had a very different game um, against, you know, maybe the matchup was a little bit easier for Jason Wade because, you know, there wasn't as much low low post play. And then he had his handful again against uh, against UMass with Josh Cohen, who's very, very talented and can really score uh, in an old school sort of quirky way. You know, Danny's got a very, very bright future here. He, he's just scratching the surface uh, of of how good he can be. You know, we got to keep him heading down the right direction. You know, we got to keep him, you know, positive and confident. You know, when Danny's locked in and playing hard, I mean, he he's an explosive athlete, and he can he can do some things, right? He can score a little bit, right? And and over time, that will grow. Um, but he's got a very, very bright future. We're all very high on him, and. Uh, we, again, that's our job as coaches, right? How do we help him, you know, get the most out of his potential? How do we help him uh, develop? How how can we speed that process up as much as we can? And in the case of Danny, you know, again, every minute he's playing in a college basketball game is a you know is a great learning experience for him, right? That he's he's getting better, even when it's a struggle. It's going to help him. And again, this is sort of what we talked about. Like it's a long season. And, you know, we, we haven't even, whatever it is, it's not even January 1st, right? And, you know, we got January into February into March. You know, we've got two and a half or hopefully longer months ahead of us um, in conference play. And we haven't even started conference play yet. There's, there, there's a long way to go. You know, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. And he's just, you know, he's just learning how to survive. First, you got to learn how to survive, and then you can learn how to like be good, and then you can learn how to excel. And and he's learned how to survive, and, and now he's, I think, learning how to be good. All right, Coach. So let's talk about where we're at as a team. So this is the end of non-conference play. We talked about it already. It's been a very difficult and challenging schedule, and you're heading into conference play. Looking at the standings for the Sun Belt, uh, JMU and App are obviously performing very well, 
but a lot of the conference has had a tough non-conference schedule. Um, how hard is it to scout the, these conference teams when they're all playing such wildly different schedules? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, I, I think your assessment is correct, right? Um, JMU is clearly playing very good basketball, and, and we saw that. You know, we saw that first. Uh, you know, they're a mature veteran team that has an identity, and they're playing to it, and and, uh, and it's they're clicking on all cylinders right now and, and playing very, very well. Um, looking from afar, and to be honest, I, I, you know, I check scores every day, um, <clears throat> but I haven't watched much, and I, I've only watched a little bit of um, – South Alabama, our next game, and, and you know, some another guy on staff has that scout, so I, I need to uh, get up to speed on South Alabama um, more, which is my homework for tonight, or part of my homework for tonight. You know, I, I think you, what what I see is JMU, who's who's very good, and then App State is probably pretty darn good also, and and I think th- theirs is different. I think you know they've got a lot of returning guys, right, and they they are uh, building on what they did last year. You know, their key guys came back. Their roster seems pretty similar. They've added some pieces, right? So they're sort of kind of an old school progression that maybe you don't see much of in college basketball anymore, um, but they have that. Um, and so that, you know, I, I think they've got an identity and they've got a culture that they're, they're right now they're building on what they did last year. Um, and then from what I see with everyone else is, you know, a lot of teams that are, are up and down and a lot of teams that are still figuring it out, much like we are, right? And there there's a lot of teams out there like we do that have a lot of new players. You know, when, when you got a whole bunch of new guys and youth and transfers and getting those pieces to fit together, um, it, sometimes it just takes time. You know, in JMU, you know, they have a new – they have some new players for sure, but they have a core group that is returning. Um, and then the – it looks like the guys they added that are new have fit right in right away, right? And they also had success early, right? and that's it, right? You, you, you have success early, and then you get confident. You know, who knows? Had we found a way to win the game at Ball State where we were right there, you know, and then maybe you go out and you you, know, you actually beat our that – can, that can have a really positive effect. You know, they, they went out, they beat Michigan State. That was a big boost, right? Big wins can lead to confidence. So, um, But outside of those two teams, you know, and, and the teams in the West I'm not as familiar with. You know, you only played them once last year, um, and so you know you're still learning them a little bit. That's the, that's the challenge, and we're new to the league, right? And and so it's year two, and and so to really understand all these teams, it, it takes a little bit. But I think everyone's most teams are in are in the same boat that we're in, which is a lot of new guys, and there's a handful of new coaches, um, right? And Coastal Carolina is dealing with a similar situation, right? Mid year, you've got a new. Although there's this, you know. Permanent, uh, you know, and so you've got a, you know, you got a lot of feeling out, and and that process of, of learning and coming together and, and figuring out how to be successful with the roster that you have. Um, so we're right there. I mean, this is again, this is what we talked about with our, you know, after the JMU game, sort of leading into Hawaii, which was like, like we we got to make progress. Um, but there's a long season ahead of us, and there's a lot of opportunity out there for us, and we just have to keep making progress so that we put ourselves in the best position to take advantage of those opportunities when they come down the road. All right. So let's continue down that line of progress. So you mentioned that there were some, some positives that you took out of the performance in Hawaii. Since you haven't had a chance to really look at South Alabama yet, tell me 
one thing that you saw positive out of Hawaii that you want to continue to build on, and then something that didn't go so well in Hawaii that you really want the team to focus on and get better before we play again in Norfolk this weekend? Oh, I think that's easy, right? And and um and they're related, you know. When we were at our best this weekend, um, in those three, you know, we had great energy and great effort and, you know, great attitude and great focus. And when we weren't at our best, we were lacking in all of those departments, in all four of those categories. Those are the things we can control. You know, we, we couldn't control that Jeff has a medical situation that, that took him, you know, away from the team. We can't control if a guy has an injury, we can't control if we get a good whistle from the referees or not. All right. Uh, sometimes the shots go in. Sometimes you just have bad luck and the shots don't go in. Right. And so what our staff, you know, this weekend, what we tried to harp on and focus on um, and what our, pro- were, were those four things and controlling what we can control. And we can control our attitude. We can control our energy. We can control our effort. And we can control our focus. And so for us, those those things, that's what we, we know we can control that. And if we do those things, if we bring those energy and the effort and have great focus and have a great attitude and be a great teammate when it's time to be a great teammate, um, you know, that's going to lead to us being successful. Um, and success, you know, that will lead to us playing well which will in turn lead to success, which hopefully in turn leads you know more wins, which we all, we all want. Um, but it feels a certain way. You know, it feels a certain way in the game when we're locked in and we're focused and we've, we're really active. Uh, it allows our athleticism to show up. You know, it allows us to be attacking. It allows us to be aggressive. You know, and it feels really good when people are picking each other up and when they have each other's back. Th- those are the takeaways from the... When we do those things, man, we have a chance to be pretty darn good. Um, but when we don't bring all of those in enough or enough of all of those, putting a, we're, we're making it a lot harder on ourselves. You know, and then we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to make a lot of shots. Um, we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves, uh, you know, an individual play, um, either on offense or an individual. When we were at our best this year, we were or this weekend, and and this year, right? We've been really, really connected, you know, and, and defensively, right? We, we haven't been as good a defensive team as traditionally we are. Um, but man, oh man, I, I thought you saw it at times there against Temple, and at times, you, you, you know, even in TCU, right? We we competed at a high level, but so we just have to focus on those things. We we have to focus on those things that we can control, no matter what. We can control those things. And so uh, when we did that, you know, man, we, we were pretty good. And when we don't, it makes it a lot harder for us to be good. All right. So obviously we've, we've touched on it a few times. Very tough schedule. Young team. Confidence, you, you hit on a lot in that last answer. Where is the confidence level of this team? I imagine with – young guys, when they start seeing the stuff you've been preaching to them work, it makes that message a lot easier to deliver. But uh, where is the confidence level of these guys and how are they feeling right now heading into conference play? Yeah, um, I think that that confidence level is evolving um, and evolving in the right direction. I think understandable. 
Um, but there's no question about it. When, when, when we have success, it makes it easier for the young guys and the old guys, right? It makes it easier for everyone um, to envision more success. You know, when, when we play well, it's easy for us to, to see like, oh, hey, if we do these things, you know, this gives us a chance. Um, so, you know, that, that confidence is evolving um, and it's going to need to continue to evolve. Um, and I think the bigger, bigger challenge for us is um, sticking with that confidence. And, you know, and, and so maybe that's not the right term, right? But, but sticking with it, right? Like when it gets hard, you, you got to trust your principles. You know, it's easy uh, whenever it's easier, right? When everything's going well, right? It's easier when the ball goes in the basket. It's easier when, when you're getting stops. Um, okay, you know, what are you going to trust when, when it's not going as well? You know, we're evolving in that area and we're taking good steps in, in that way. Um, and I thought we saw that in the TCU game. I, mean, I know the final score was, you know, <laughs> they scored more than we wanted to. But, man, did we compete at a real, real high level. Um, they were just better than us and, and we didn't get lucky. Well, okay, it's not, I'm not happy about it. Um, but I love the way we competed and I love the way we battled and I love the attitude that we brought to that game and through, and then that carried over into the next game and allowed us to be very successful. And then I think, you know, I, th I think we ran out of a little bit of gas, um, unfortunately, and we just weren't able to, to summon it as, as much as we needed on, on day three, day four, game three. Um, okay. That's, that's, that happened. Right, it ain't changing. We ain't getting it back. What can we learn from it, and how can we move from you know be better tomorrow at practice, and then the day after that at practice, and the day after that at practice, you know, and, and that's that's where our focus is going to lie. We're, we're moving forward. We're looking forward, um, and hopefully understanding um, what are the things that we have to do when we walk in the door. You know, when we step out on the court, when we walk into the weight room, when we walk into the film room whatever it may be, right? When it, it becomes basketball time, you know, we, we got to control um, what we can control and we got to bring great energy and have a great effort and be a great teammate with a great attitude and be focused. Um, and if we do those things, you know, the, the confidence will continue to grow because we'll have success. All right, coach. So I'm going to have a follow-up here. This offense is new to Old Dominion and your staff. I think we all kind of know what a good offensive possession in basketball usually looks like. It's a few passes, finding that open shooter, and you get that open shot. Um, but with this offense, it's mainly predicated on a dribble drive. How should we be taking the assist numbers this year versus other years? Should we be – all right, this is just a, a factor of the new offense, or how should we be looking at the assist numbers? Well, it's a fair, fair question, Mike, because um, they're not high enough. You know, I think there's a multiple factors. There. What we've always tried to do is sort of tailor our offense around our personnel. And I've worked for Jeff for a long time, and I, and I think uh, it's safe to say that you know we've always had an identity defensively. And, th and this is beyond Old Dominion, but this is all about really any of your fans, your listeners. You know, we're, we're going to be there's a certain level of toughness with which we play, and we're going to really guard you. And, Overwhelmingly, that's in man-to-man -man and overwhelmingly in half-court mint. Um, and we're fairly physical and we battle and we rebound at a high rate. You know, we play great percentage defense. 
you know, and then the offense sort of changes uh, year to year or more likely a, f a few years to a few years based on personnel. Well, now, the, the way things are in college basketball, right, and, and what we've seen with roster turnover, um, excuse me, you know, it, it may be, you know, every year to every year. Um, and so you got to, we have a bunch of attacking drivers. You know, that's what Vashon does best. That's what Chauncey does best. That's what Ty does best. You know, that's a good, I think RJ's pretty good at that. You know, we don't have a ton of low post scoring. We just don't. Um, so we got to get points in the paint in different ways. Um, you know, and that's by driving the ball. You know, I, I think the assist numbers, so if we could make some more shots, we got we to gotta deliver the ball a little bit better and hopefully make some more shots and, and make it easier. Um, but there is a lot of moving them around and then, and then attacking. And so if we score, you know, then, you know, sometimes there may not be as many. You know, I, I think the assist numbers matter for sure. Um, but the number that I think matters more, uh, the two numbers that matter more are, you know, the point total and the, and the field goal percentage. Um, and I'm not a huge advanced stats guy. I, I leave that to Drew Lakey. And I try to comprehend a lot of information that, you know, that he shares. Um, but I, I think I understand it a lot. But, um, or, well, a little bit. Uh, you know, but listen, we need to score more points, right? And we need to score more points than the opponent. Um, and, and we, but we have to shoot a good percentage. Um, and so, yeah, our, our assist numbers are very low. Um, you know, but again, like TCU and, and, and UMass, man, they really got up into you. You know what I mean? And it's until the last 10 minutes when the UMass sort of played zone. But before that, man, they were just up in you. And they were challenging you to go by. And you got to go by. I think an area where we need to get better at for sure um, is when we do go by, what are the decisions we make when we go by? Because we have to attack. We have to attack. Right? I mean, we're not going to be just sit out here and throw a couple passes and spread you out and shoot a ton of three. You know, I think we have more three-point shooting than maybe we've had. But um, maybe that's not bearing out in the numbers, I'm not sure, but but when we go by, we, we gotta get great shot attempts. You know, we got if we can if we can get by the defender and we can get to the rim, we want to take that all day long. Um, what we don't want to do is take tough guarded shots at the rim or tough guarded shots at 10 feet or anywhere, right? Um, so if you can go by and you can beat your guy and you can get to the rim, we want to attack. But if not, we gotta stop and we gotta, you know, and, and at times, you know, that's where we've struggled offensively, right? We have not move the ball enough. It's gotten bogged down. It's it's stuck, and it's become a little too reliant and heavy on sort of individual sort of one-on-one -on -one plays. Um, and so we just got to keep again learning process, learning process for new guys, learning process for guys playing together. Um, you know, learning process for you know what's a good shot, what's not a good shot, what's a good decision, what's not a good decision. You know, and, and again that comes with experience, that comes through watching film, that comes from practice and and coaching and teaching. And we just got to keep reinforcing, uh, you know, the good and, and point out the bad. Um, and, and so that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're focused on doing as a staff. It's interesting the comments you made about, you know, assists are important, but how important are they? So Mike and I were talking about some of the stats before uh, before we started talking with you, Coach. And I was just looking at our season to date, our field goal percentage versus the opposing team's field goal percentage. We're only trailing them by 1.2%. We have 43.8%. They're at 45%. The assists per game, we have like 40% less assists. So maybe in this instant, maybe with this offense, assists are overrated. Because how could assists be 40%? We have 40% less, but we're shooting roughly the same amount. In turnovers, we know that we're not doing bad. 
turnover wise. So that that's not the the key. Um, you know, points per game, we're at like six points less than our opponent, and that almost matches the free throw disparity in free throws made per game six. So maybe the story is more in free throws and getting getting to the line and making free throws than it is getting a ridiculous amount more. There's a lot of different ways to be successful. There's a lot of different theories and I'm not anti-assist by any stretch. You know, I, I wish we had more assists, you know, and, um, you know, and we need to have more, right? There, there's no question about that. Um, and when we struggle, there aren't as many. There's, I, there's probably a direct correlation between the games where we struggle and the amount of assists we have. Um, there's also probably a correlation between, you know, how many free throw attempts we take in the games where we struggle. I mean, we're, it feels like we're starting to get to the foul line more than we did earlier in the season. Um, but I know that for a while, you know, we were at a big disadvantage that our opponents were shooting a lot more free throws than we were. It feels to me like we've sort of closed that gap here um, over the last handful of games. Um, and that's important, right? We, we got to find a way to, to get to the rim. You know, the three-point field goal percentage that that's another factor in there right um you know other teams are taking more threes and making more threes so uh you know while you know our percentages may be similar from the field if you look at the overall field goal percentage i I think you know our opponents i think we're shooting a pretty good percentage from three but the volume isn't where it is for our opponents and you know and obviously three-pointers are worth more we we got to get better defensively, you know, to to limit, you know, and, and we got to find a way to knock down more of those. And we got to, you know, we got to go by and, and kick it. We got to get some easier ones from three, um, and that all kind of ties to the decisions we make when we do attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a work in progress. It's been, I'm sorry, it's it's been a work in progress. We got to keep again. We got to keep developing, right? It's it, we're not where we want to be. All right, we, we, we can admit that. We're not where we want to be. We don't have as enough we don't have as many assists as we want to have. All right. We're not shooting the ball as well as we want to. We're not getting the foul line as well as we want to. We're not defending as well as we want to, right? Our, our, our field goal percentage defense is probably higher than we would like it to be. <laughs> well, it is higher than we'd like it to be. So we we just gotta keep evolving, right? And again, that, that ties to youth, that ties to inexperience, that ties to uh, you know a, a lot of the roster being new and playing together. So we, we just got to keep plugging along and, and keep working and, and reinforcing the good and, and replicating, if that's a proper term, replicating the good and, and uh, learning from the mistakes and trying not to make the same mistakes again. You were spot on. Your opponents have shot more than 60 additional three-point shots and shooting 4% better. So that may be, maybe that's the difference. Yeah, and we're, 200, we're, two, we're 283 in the country in uh, threes per game. Yeah, attempted or made or both. It's probably attempted. attempted yeah, I, I was just looking at attempted. Yeah, no, I, you know, and and that we got to take more, but we got to take the right ones, right? Whether whether they're threes or twos, you know, you got to you got to take the right ones, and you got to have the right people taking them, right? And you got to play to your strengths and and play away from your weaknesses. Um, there's a lot of different ways to to be successful we got to put the ball in the basket by taking good shots. we got to eliminate the bad shots. Um, you know, I, again, I'm with you. I, I don't think we're turning it over. I, I, I'd like it to turn, I'd like to turn it over less. Um, we all would, but I don't think we're, I don't think turnovers are killing us, especially because we don't shoot as many threes, right? We got to find a way to finish more at the rim uh, or we got to turn, or we got to turn them down. We got to put the ball in the basket 
where we got to turn it down, live to fight another day, put the brakes on, stop, kick it. You know, whether that leads to the shot, whether that leads to a, a kick for one more guy, or whether that leads to, you know, a kick out and then another attacking off the dribble because now you're attacking a closeout. But we, we got to make the defense react to us. You know, we got to put them on the heels and, and create an advantageous situation for us um, so that we can then drive the ball. Um, you know, easier said than done, but that's what we got to keep getting better at. And, and we're, it's coming, right? It's just, we all wish it had started sooner, uh, maybe. And, and but we, we, you know, we we're heading in the right direction. We're heading in the right direction. We just got to keep working and pushing and and focusing on those those things. And you know, day by day, get better each day. I will note that you are right about the turnovers. They are not the problem. 105th in the country uh, from lowest amount. I, I sorted by lowest to highest. 105th. If we were 105th and everything, we'd be doing pretty damn good, I think. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and then there's the whole thing about, you know, based on percentages and that, you know, I'm, I was a history major, so my lack of math rattles, rattles my brain a little bit. Um, but we know good basketball when we see it. We know good basketball when we f- feel it, right? And, and uh, not to be too whatever. Um, but we know what it looks like. We know what it feels. And, and there's a lot of different ways to be successful. We, we just got to play good basketball, right? And, and we can play really good basketball and not shoot a ton of threes. We can play really good basketball and, and maybe not have a ton of assists. You know, it'd be great if we have more. We need to have more. We want to have more. Um, but that required both shooting the ball better and, again, making better decisions with the ball when we drive. We have to attack. That's when we're at our best. Right, we're at our best when we get out and transition. Also, right, we we have to attack. We have to make the right decision, more of the right decisions, when we attack. Coach, you've been very gracious with your time. We've had you for over an hour. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're so thankful to be able to talk with you this week, and we're wishing you the best of luck against South Alabama. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And you know, and again, you know, the good news is, and I know a lot of Monarch Nation's thoughts and prayers are with uh with coach jones and and his his family and, and his recovery and i've heard uh yeah it's, it's really impressive you know, the level of support we've received right? the, the amount of people who have emailed and called and texted and it just for all of you out there that are listening uh please know it's greatly appreciated you know we we notice it we appreciate it it matters to us um and our thoughts and our prayers are obviously with with jeff uh you know he's on the road to recovery and, and hopefully it'll be a, a speedy one and a full one um, but thank you, you know, Monarch Nation. I, I think uh, yet again um, we have seen the best of our fans um, at, a, at a difficult. You know, I, the amount of again the, the amount of support uh, that we've and the out we've that we've received. And I'm, I'm assume Jeff through various message ways it's gotten to him. I know how much it's come through me. It's just really, really impressive, uh, and it's uh, very, very much appreciated. And so. You know, thank you guys for, for doing this. I'm sorry I talked so much and dragged this out for as long as it was. Um, but we, you know, we appreciate Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, fans. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.